everyone, welcome back to the Winner's Circle. I'm Derek. And I'm Cody. And if you probably notice on your screen right now, the moment you all have been waiting for, here on the Winner's Circle, Jag Baines, the winner of Big Brother 25. Jag, let me say, because this is the first time we can say it all season, welcome to the Winner's Circle, my friend. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to, to join. <laughs> Let's it's go, nice because we talk to a lot of people. But again, you know, we try the winner's circle, kind of self-explanatory name. It's always good to get the actual winner on here so we can actually do what we do. I mean, when I say it's such an honor, like I talked about you two. I talked about the Hitman during my season. And so this is a surreal moment for me. Um, I'm so excited about this. We're going to get yeah. into that. We got yeah, tagged people, a bunch. We're going to get we into got tagged that. a bunch, which was awesome because like, you know, we mentioned, we both pick our winners at the start of every season. Um Derek looked into your profile, saw some videos from you, and immediately pegged you as the winner um, on day one. And now, I don't know if you know this, on the winner's circle, Derek's two for three at picking winners. So it's oh, a little bit of proof in the pudding. So he's noticing things about some of these players that end up going to the end and winning, and you were his guy. So we were weighing in heavily on a lot of stuff that was going on with you. But um, before we get into all that, how are you feeling now? You're out of the house. You got the bag. 750K is big, big money. So how are you feeling? Obviously, everything feels good when you got that bag attached to it. But what's been going on since you uh, walked out of the Big Brother house? I mean, I've been good. Like, everything is just a whirlwind right now. You know, I just came out of the Big Brother house 100 days in there, and I'm really just hitting the ground running, right? Like, it feels so hectic out here, but my focus has been to spend time with my family and my friends and my loved ones. You know, I talked about them a lot throughout the season. Love them. I miss them. They are, like, my support system and my everything. So um, I came straight home, and I'm spending time with them because that that is just – they, they are who are most important to me. It's a good Love way to that. be, and that's a, that's the foundation you want to keep. And as you as you'll see, as time progresses, that will for some people it takes longer to figure that that out. So the fact that you already did is huge. It's so hard to explain to someone who watches the show whether you win or not what Big Brother is really like. And I know you were a super fan beforehand, so you probably had the idea of like what it would be like. But I think I speak for most Big Brother players when I say, like, you have an idea of what you think it's going to be like. But the best way I can describe it is when you go in there, life just kind of stops on the outside world for you. It's almost like you're in this, like, state of, like, I don't know how to put it, but you just, like, the world is paused. And then you come out, and not only has things changed on the outside, but people's perspective, even some people close to you, mm -hmm. their perspective on you, their opinion of you changes because now they're like – I know with my parents, when they first saw me, my dad was like, yo, you got to sign this T-shirt for me. And to me, that was like the – it wasn't for him, but he was like – I was like, what? That's like the weirdest thing ever. He's like, yeah, it's for my buddy. And they they just – I could tell they were looking at me a little different for like a day or two because they had just watched me on TV for mm -hmm. 100 days. So how has that been for you? Has there been any moments where you're like, yo, I really was just on a TV show, one of my favorite TV shows of all time, and I won. And now like, damn, life will never be the same after this. I mean, it definitely has been like that for me too. I mean, just, and I've been lucky enough to get a lot of like overwhelmingly positive reactions from people and a lot of support. Um, but just the fact that these hundred days went by and I was just being me and a lot of people know so much about me, even if I don't know them. And so, um, yeah, you know, people point. wanting to take pictures with me or wanting to talk to me and being so excited. And I'm like, I'm just a regular dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was just oh hanging out, like doing my best, playing the show that I love. Um, so that's been really 
really cool, honestly. Um, but also like such a unique part of like being on Big Brother, um, where so much of it is yes, there's game, but so much so much of it is like just getting to know that person on a personal level as well. Um, one of my favorite moments though was uh, somebody coming over and congratulating my dad. Not even congratulating me. <laughs> congratulating my dad took a picture um, of my dad and stuff. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is the life. Like, this is perfect. You know what I mean? I would rather my family gets the congrats over me any day. So uh, that was like, that was super funny. But that was a dope moment. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. I think that's, that was one of the cool things we noticed about you early on was just like your genuine character and who you were as a person. Like, it just bled through, which kind of brings me to the beginning part of this game right and you were just this genuinely nice guy really incredible and like it almost felt and you could touch on this because Derek and I we're not live feed watchers we cover it we we scroll on socials to see what's going on but it was like this early stage of the game Riley right almost put this like cast out and if you were inside of that circle you were like targeted right and so like kind of explain us to us what it was like on the inside where it was like, all right, Riley was the target public enemy number one after HOH and like someone like you kind of got dragged into it and were targeted. Like, what was that like? What was the dynamic like in the house and how are you navigating that? Yeah, I mean, look, Riley and I got close right off the bat. It was the first day and like I knew she was going to be my person and it, it was not. It was no secret in the house that we were like best friends immediately. And it's hard to conceal that. And especially like intentionally conceal that. Like if I'm really, uh, you know, having so much fun hanging out with this person, I'm not going to just like stop laughing at your jokes. You know what I mean? Like it, it's hard yeah. to do all those things. Um, and yeah, I, I knew that by association, there was going to be a target on my back, but right off the bat, and you all saw this too, like something I was really intentional about is I wanted to play a really loyal game. And so even, you know, the moment Riley touched the block and, um, was going to be on the block come eviction night, I fought for her life. I went everywhere. I mean, I don't know if they showed this because I haven't watched anything back, but uh, for anyone that saw the live feeds, I was campaigning so hard for her. Um, damn near harder than Riley was campaigning herself. I was going around campaigning for her. And I know that that probably put a bigger target on my back too because they're like, all right, well, now you're fighting so hard for this person and you're not even on the block. Um, but that was the commitment that I had made, you know, like if I'm saying mm -hmm. that you're my person, if I'm saying that I'm loyal to you, that means no matter what, uh, I'm going to fight for you. And th that's just, uh, that's the game I wanted to play. So yeah. cool. we definitely saw that. And I'll tell you as, although I picked you night one, I will say, and you're going to eventually at some point, probably well down the road, you go back and look at all the things that were being said about you during the season from the different podcasts and all these things. And I can tell you there was a point and it was soon after Riley went home where I was concerned about my number one pick yep. because I felt like you got thrown off there. And that's what happens in big brother. Like you had a plan going in, you can have all these strategies, you, you can find your number one, but when you lose that person so early on, I felt like there was a stretch of the game early on where I was I was concerned about you, especially when people, you didn't even know this, but a lot of people were throwing your name out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, my boy might be in trouble because he doesn't really have that number one, which I have always said is so critical. Mm -hmm. You're looking at mine right there, right? Yeah. You, that's, all, that's so critical to get in the end. You need that number one person to get to the end. But I wanted to ask you a question because you lost Riley, who, like you just said, clearly was your number one. 
But very quickly after that, you got a new number one. And that doesn't always work out because it's it's not that foundational number one that you get in the early stages before relationships are developed. I got a two-part question for you here. Was Matt kind of your 1B and we just didn't see it on the TV show? Or was that something that genuinely a couple weeks later formed out of necessity because you guys were kind of on the outside looking in? Now, that's a great question really quickly. But Yo, before I, we jump into it. I know we're going to go with this. My bad. We're going to hear from it. this week's first sponsor, Manscaped. Merry Ballsmas from our friends over at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that the celebrations are starting early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders in below-the-waist grooming? Keep calm and let your balls jingle this season with Manscaped's brand-new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra. Featuring the new Lawnmower 5.0, watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com and using our code WINNERCIRCLE for 20% off plus free shipping. Unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. Yeah, the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is definitely a game changer for body and groin area trimming. You know, before on the 4.0, you had the trimmer, so it gave you a good cut. But if you want that extra smooth finish, now with the detachable head, you can throw that on there and you can get whatever look you're going for, if you know what I mean. You know where you want to go with it. It's definitely been a game changer for me. I think you guys will enjoy it as well. Now, in addition to the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, you also have the Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose trimmer, Manscaped's liquid formulations, and two free gifts. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code WINNERCIRCLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com just for using the code WINNERCIRCLE. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. We'd like to thank Manscaped for sponsoring this week's episode. Let's get back into it. All right, so we're back, and uh, now we're going to let Jack kind of get into that two-part question that Derek just fired at him. Yeah, so, you know, when it Riley left and she very early on was my number one. After that, I mean, it's not that she was the only person I had a strong connection with in the house. It's not just like, oh, Riley and I had a great, you know, my social game extended beyond that. And so I had great connections with other folks in the house. I had a great connection with Matt. And that was true from the beginning of the game, too. It's just I had given Riley a commitment. Um, and that was my loyalty that she would be my number one. And so Matt and I's relationship continued to develop naturally, you know, like he's such a great guy. The more I got to know about him and his purpose and his story, um, I felt closer to him and I shared my, uh, a lot of myself with him. And so it naturally developed. And I think there was obviously that solidifying moment for us too, when I was on the block and he chose to save me. And so at that point it was, you know, I've already been rocking with Matt and clearly he didn't just save me, you know, out of the blue. That's also testament to my social game that um, I had that extremely um, strong connection with him where he chose to save me. And after he saved me, it was like, that was game over, right? It it was about to be game over for me. And then I was like, all right, dude, you're my number one. But you knew he was your guy at that point. He was my guy. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to do everything to protect you because you just did this for me where nobody else would have done that. Yeah, me and Cody almost, by the way, almost filed a copyright infringement claim on you. But you know what? It was a form of flattery. (laughs) But, you know, between the Minutemen, 
the mafia slash hitmen. I knew we were going with that. We almost had to file a trademark infringement, yeah. but we're going to let it pass because you won. You're part, because you're part you of the, won, now you know, it we're gonna, becomes part now, of the winner's okay. circle. We take it as a form of flattery, but we saw where you were going there. We saw some of the clips that were shared with us. You were talking to Matt about the hitmen. And, and dude, by the way, and we said it on the show, which you'll see. It is a corny little show, right? At the end of the day, right? Like it's a game. It's not that. It's not life. But even 10 years later, for Cody and I, I think I speak for both of us, we said on the show, like, moments like that where we see someone like yourself who is, a, who is such a great player and to have you look up to us when we're just normal dudes, like you said at, at the beginning, it means a lot to us as well. It, we, it never gets old. And you're going to have people that go on the show after us, you now, who say to their friends in the house, like, yo, Jack and Matt, we got to do that. We got to get together, like, see what they did. That's the formula. So again, thank you for mentioning us in there. Thank you. It's a it's an honor that you and Matt, who were a great team together, great players individually, were were aspiring to be like Cody and I. Where we're no different than you. You know what I mean? So I know Cody had questions. I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible, man. We really appreciate it. But um, I kind of want to get into because Derek and I we always talk about this. I was big on competitions. I'm yeah. a big competition guy. Right. You're kind of good at them too. I was half decent. I was half <laughs> yeah. decent. There was and not as I good as this guy, this, though. Apparently, no, that's exactly where I'm going with this. <laughs> there were competitions in there where you know everybody always gassed me up, dude. You would tear these competitions up. My times were just the gaps between me and second were so big. There were a couple of competitions that you did that I did. We both did the same comps, and I went back and I looked at my times, and you had <laughs> beaten my times by like two plus minutes, bro. And so I'm sitting here watching. I'm like, dude, this guy is an absolute unit. Like he is untouchable now. The, the strategic side I want to get into was kind of, it seemed like early on, you were like, I want to comp here, I want to comp there. And then at the end, you tore it up. I want to congratulate you on being the most winning house guest to ever play the game. 10 competition wins. It's never been done before. There was a lot of people that you tied at nine and then winning that final HOH put you over the hump. So kudos to you, man. It, you were an absolute unit and untouchable. And so it was like, was that part of, you know, you went home or you were going to go home. You got the power used on you, and then you were like, now I'm just winning out? Or was it just you knew you had to do it? Like, what was going through your head to just completely – you won every veto or every other veto. You won, like, every other HOH. It was just wild. Like, what was going through your head in these moments to just be like, pedal to the metal. You want to beat me? Beat me in a comp. I'm not throwing anything anymore. Um, There was actually a moment where I knew I had to win everything out. And so mm -hmm. did Matt and so did Bowie. And I had a conversation with them too, uh, especially near the end of the season. I knew everyone was targeting me and I knew everyone was going to put probably me and Matt on the block and I was going to be the target unless I either won the HOH or won the veto. And my mindset was like, great, I have two chances to secure my safety. So you can beat me fair and square. Um, and me going into all these competitions, it was I have to fight for my life uh, to protect not only myself, but to protect my allies. And um, there was a moment where during the invisible HOH, when I decided to put Corey in America up after blue won the veto, um, you know, I had put up half the house at that point, but when Smart. I decided that's what I wanted to do, I actually uh, checked in with Matt and Bowie as well. And I said, look, I'm willing to do this move and I really want to do it, but are you two willing as well? Because if I do this, the three of us will have to win out the rest of the season. And that's never been a good, like that's not a good plan to have um, because a lot of things can go wrong during competitions. But Matt was super down. He was like, put him up, let's win everything. And then Bowie was like, draw the line, let's do this thing. And so 
um, they also supported me. So I was like, all right, let's just win everything out now. And uh, yeah. at that point, I knew that's just what had to happen. Yeah, I will say. I, I want. Yep, go ahead, you go, go D. I was just I, gonna say I, you had to. You know, you had to. Yeah, Corey, you did. You America, did. They were looking at you. That you, your target became massive. And I want to go back to something you said a little while ago because we could sit here and talk about your game week after week after week, and this would be a two-hour interview. But I want to go over big highlights. Obviously, a lot of praise. Cody and I gave you a lot of praise. A lot of people gave you a lot of praise. You're, you're a great player, deserving winner, no doubt about it. It wasn't by flu. We, we could break down your game kind of like you did on the final speech, but. As you know, as a Big Brother fan, there's a lot of praise. And with that, you know, when you're at the top of the mountaintop, there's also some criticism. Mm. And what I thought was genius what you did in your final speech was you brought up that criticism. You made it a highlight, an attribute of your game, which is genius, but enough praise for you. You know Big Brother, just like Cody and I, we've seen it. There's always going to be the Big Brother social. There's all these different outlets where they want to always rank us. Where do you line up in the Big Brother history overall in totality? What are the facts, the variables that are considered when deciding who's the greatest of all time? Where do you stack up? I'm sure you've heard it already. You, like I said, you said in your final speech, there are some out there who say, you know, listen, he, he's not a deserving winner. You should not have a winner who gets evicted and then comes back and wins the overall game. You're the first person to ever do it. As a Big Brother fan, try to separate yourself from being that person what do you say to that that criticism or those those comments that are made about that as far as your win is concerned? You know, I think something that is key to my time in the Big Brother house is my journey, like the arc that I had. And something if you watch back every episode um, and week after week, I was in a better position. Um, and that was key to my game, too. And that's not something that just happens to happen. Right. That was strategic on my end where. I knew I got evicted and the fact that I was even saved, first of all, is testament to my social game and having a strong enough relationship where someone would save me. Um, and then after that, being in a better and better position every week is was very important to me. And there was a lot of behind the scenes that I had to do to ensure that, yes, I got evicted, but how do I make sure every single week I'm not on the block and just get evicted again? Um, it is very, very difficult to not end up on the block over and over and over. Um, you know, we saw that this season too. Um, and so getting evicted is one thing, but there's a reason why no one else has gotten evicted and came back and won the whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. There are social asp aspects to that. There's a target level you have to manage. There's a lot of pulling strings that you have to do to get out of that rut. And I was able to do that one way or another. And that's testament to my game. And dude, I will tell you this, and we, and this is coming from your big brothers here that have been out of the house for a while, and you you're probably already seeing it. You're gonna under, you're gonna see very quickly that, regardless of your gameplay, regardless of what you do, there are gonna be people that find ways to discredit you. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. If if it's it, you know, people on my season will say Derek never faced adversity. That's why his, his win has to be brought down. You face the ultimate adversity. And they'll say, well, then he got evicted, so he shouldn't have won by technicalities. Well, which one is it? So yeah. the point I'm making here is if you know your game, if you own your game, if you respect the game you played, if your family does, this is for everybody, whether you win or lose. That's all that matters, period. End of story. So yeah. if, you, if, you, if you respect your win, if you're happy with it, if you're proud of it, that's all that matters. You got yeah. the 750K either way. Yeah, that's, that's right. And that's a good spot. 
That's a really good spot, 750K. Everybody can think on that. A lot of money that Jag's walking away with. But we're going to hear from our final sponsor of the episode on Common Goods. It's officially time to kickstart your holiday shopping, but there's no cause for panic. Uncommon Goods is here to make your holiday shopping stress-free by scouring the globe for the most remarkable and truly unique gifts for everyone on your list. Whether you're shopping for your mom, your dad, teenagers, in-laws, your best friends, doesn't matter. Uncommon Goods knows exactly what they want. They have you covered, and I've been looking on their site. I'm trying to turn you on to some new things here. We talked about the stadium art a few weeks ago. Now I want to turn you on to some custom song wall art. Basically what you do is you find your favorite song, you select it, you pick your size. They will then turn that song or a piece of it into a waveform that can now be hung on your wall as a piece of art. Think about it. if you have a, a song that reminds you of a relative that's passed away or someone you, a song that played when you first met your spouse or your significant other. You can memorialize that on your wall to look at it every time you're in the room. That's a pretty dope gift. That was one of my favorites. Uncommon Goods has stuff like this all the time. You definitely want to check them out. Yeah, absolutely. And when you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. These fine products are often made in small batches, so shop now before they sell out this holiday season. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. And they've already donated over $2.5 million to date. So if you guys want to check out Uncommon Goods and get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash circle. That's uncommongoods.com slash circle for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. That's right. We want to thank Uncommon Goods for sponsoring this week's episode. Let's get back into it. All right. So we're back and uh, we're going to be wrapping up the interview in a little bit. But before we do, I really want to touch on the loyalty part, Jack. This is something that Derek and I, we talk about all the time, something that I really appreciate because, you know, him and I, it was like I was in the final two with Derek. There wasn't even a, th- a thought. It wasn't even a, it wasn't a hesitation. It wasn't a, oh, maybe Victoria. It just, I can't even explain it to people. And afterwards I had to, I was asked about it a million times. You were in a different situation. I, I feel because you were like, you were, you were narrating the show. You were moving, you were kind of moving the needle in the duo where on, on 16, I, I don't feel like I was, I felt like I brought an aspect to our duo, but it felt Derek was moving the needle. And I felt like people knew that. But it was like, I'm taking Derek, period, no matter what, if I had the opportunity. What was that like dilemma? And was there, because Derek and I were talking about it on finale night. I had actually said, Jack has been playing so cutthroat. I think he cuts Matt. Because I just thought, you know, I know Jag talks loyalty. We weren't watching the feeds. So this is your chance to kind of like put a knock on. Maybe we didn't understand your full relationship with Matt. But I was like, I said to Derek, I was like, bro, he cuts him. There's no way he leaves it up to chance after everything he's gone through this season. Matt's, maybe they, because people really liked Matt. People really sympathized with Matt, maybe. I don't know. Like, And I felt like you were just going to be like, I don't want to toss it up to chance. I want that bag. So I said you were going to cut Matt. Was it ever a thought? Were you ever thinking about doing it? Were you ever kind of having an internal dilemma in that moment? Or was it same as me, Matt's coming with me to the end? Well, you know, I mean, at the very end, I know that the smarter decision or the decision where I would be more likely to win might have been to to cut Matt and to not sit next to him because uh, from my perspective, he had such an incredible relationship with everyone in the jury. I've truly thought uh, choosing him, he would win the whole thing. 
Um, so it was not like a calculated. By the way, move. by the way, so did I. I thought when you took him, you were in trouble. Yeah, but and, and that was. <laughs> I truly felt that, and so for me, what I was weighing is. This is a life changing moment. This is a lot of money, but I didn't want it to be a character changing moment. You know, that's mm. something that mm. deep chills, bro. Yeah, chills, bro. So I had to do the right thing, uh, and I talked about it in my speech. Uh, when I evicted Bowie as well, it's I wanted to make the decision that I would be proud of and my family and my community would be proud of, uh, win or lose, uh, that I can look back at it and hold my head up high because I made a commitment to him and that was to stay loyal. That was to play a game of, of integrity and I knew that was going to be an uphill battle and that also went into why I gave the answers and speeches that I did because I really was fighting for my life. I thought it was going to be 7-0 and maybe I could get a few jury votes, but I had to do something to fight for myself and stand up for myself uh, in that moment. Makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. Dude, I know you're not, I know you're not bullshit because I remember, recall a spot after you took Matt, they were, you don't know the cameras are on you because you see Bowie going out and you looked at him and I, I'm paraphrasing, but you said something like, yo, you're about to win. Yeah, you said you're about. I don't know you. I remember you that. Yep. And that's there's no strategy there yeah. because the game's over at that point. If you're talking to a jury, there's no incentive for you to say that at that point to convince him, because it's done. Yeah. So right. when I when you said that in that moment for me, detective hat, I'm like, yo, he means that. Yeah. Like he thinks he's about to lose, and that brings us. I think. Well, first off, you said something about your community. A, a quick story here. I take a train every week for work to New York City, and I was on a train with someone who didn't know Big Brother, but I was with my parents and they were talking about Big Brother. And they said, oh, and this gentleman said, oh, you were, I was like, yeah, I was on Big Brother and stuff. And he's like, I don't know the show, but I know that a sick player just won. And, and, and you know, he was dressed <laughs> like you as well. And he was like, so hey, wild. look, and he had the picture. So just so you know, there are people out there who are not Big Brother fans from your community that now know the show because of you. And if that man is any representation of that, he was, you could tell there was a level of pride there. And I'm sure I wanted to share that with you because it happened before I even knew I was going to interview you. So it's uh, it's it's cool. It's really cool to show how Big Brother can do that for a society. That's that's incredible. And what does that mean to you? Like, what does that mean to you? Like, that's that's a pretty big thing, you know. So what does that mean to you? To be honest, just kind of want to hear from you on that. I mean, I, it's hard to even wrap my head around that because that was the entire purpose for me. Right. Um, I spoke a lot about being the first sick on the show and staying true to who I am and not only representing myself, but representing my community um, and sharing my story and representing them in a positive light. And, you know, being on that that platform to amplify sick voices in, you know, overall. And so. Yeah, that, I mean, that that's just incredible. Like I, I'm I'm speechless when I hear stories like this. I never thought I could be that representation. Um, and I always wanted to be, but I never thought like, oh, it would be me. And so the fact that it is me and I do play a role in that is, uh, and it's you, buddy. Incredible, man. It's you. Trust Incredible, me, you've bro. definitely brought a new audience to it. I think you have a lot of uh, people who are now watching the show because of you, which is huge. Uh, you mentioned something about final speeches, the fact that you thought you were going to lose. I'll be honest, when you took him, I said, dude, he's going to take him. He's going to be, he's going to get palled. He's going to get Paul. Yep. He's going to lose right here. You made a decision. First and foremost, you destroyed Matt in the question and answering oh, yeah. portion. I was like, oh, game over. Jag just flipped me. We took polls in the live. I'm like, it's over. Jag just won. Mm. And then you came out with something that I did not expect because you were so calculated. I had to know. I, I thought he, he's got to know he won. 
He's got to know he just won with those questions and answers. Mm. But then you decide, I'm going to absolutely eviscerate <laughs> each and every one of you and let you know how much better I am than every single one of you. And I'm going to tell you that I'm the best player. And I was like, bro, he might have just lost it. We had Dan Giesling on. We did, yeah. We had Dan Giesling oh on when this God. was happening. We're like, bro, you got to play to egos. He might have, like, did he just lose this game? What? How long did you think about that strategy? Because I know you were rehearsing that. Mm -hmm. What was the ultimate factor that made you decide, this is the route I'm going. I'm, I'm dropping ether on all of them. I don't care. This is the way I'm getting the win. What made you think that was the good call? Well, look. Because it clearly worked. Um, I was either going to shy away from my game or I had to own up to it. And at that point, if the, if the jury is bitter, they're not going to vote for me regardless. Facts. And so I needed to own up to my game because if I shy away from it, Matt wins. Because if I shy away from it and I say it's, it's us and Matt says it's us, Matt wins that because he just has better relationships with the jury and he got less blood on his hands. So I leaned into it. And I just stood up for myself because the fact of it is I didn't lie in my speech, right? Like there, I did play a <laughs> no. hand in all of Fair. this. And so I was like, you know what? Oh, yeah. I'm going to stand up for myself and just say it how it is. And the purpose of the speech too is I'm not trying to give a lab report. I'm supposed to evoke emotion. And so in my mindset, I think Matt still has more votes than me. And so the only way I can make someone – uh, rethink what they're doing is if I say something wild enough that it'll shake them to be like, Oh my God, like, okay, he just said something right now. And it might've been crazy and it might've been super punchy and really passionate, but, and then they rethink it. And maybe I flip one person over to me and yeah, the risk is maybe I flip someone away from me, but if they weren't going to vote for me, that's what I was assuming anyway. So that's fine. Like I was willing to take that mm -hmm. risk. But in that final moment, I knew that, I talk a lot about not regretting the decisions I made. If I didn't own up to my game and then I lost, I would regret not at least saying what I felt and speaking from my heart in terms of what I had done that season and why I was standing where I was standing. What do you think of Felicia awesome. and Sari voting against you after that speech, after you you know, you know had the resume, Sari, someone who played a long time? What's your thought now weeks later? Well, about a week and a half to whatever it is later. What's your thought on that? I mean, look, uh, they're going to vote how they're going to vote. Uh, and I was expecting that maybe Sari would vote for Matt anyway. She had a strong sense of loyalty to him, so I wasn't really surprised by that. Um, with Felicia, I was a bit surprised just because she is a super fan herself and she respects the game a lot. But ultimately, I don't know what conversations they had or you know what was going on with them. And I'm just thankful I got – the five other votes yeah that's yeah. all you need but yeah. i think jury vote. I th you hit the nail on the head i, I don't think and and you kind of touched on it a little bit with how you decided in your head to just lay it all out there i think Ceri's vote was going to matt mm -hmm. no matter what you said i think the loyalty factor that she had with matt it was always going there so to your credit again just another way that you're just kind of thinking steps ahead which you have to do to win you're like this is what i'm committing to if people weren't going to vote for me they probably still are going to not but i'm going to try to sway votes back my way yep and to your credit i think sari was one of those where it was like she was going to matt no matter what you said you could have been like i had magic that i sprinkled dust all over everybody and i actually tricked your mind she would have been like well i still Matt's my loyalty. That's so, Donnie. Yeah. Donnie told you, know, you like week two or three. Donnie told he, me early. 
Derek didn't matter what Derek said. He was voting I could have said I saved the baby two. in there. He would have been like, nah, <laughs> voting for Cody, period. <laughs> that was it. I Cody, do you, have any final, do you have any final questions? I had one more question for him, but any question from you? Final question? No, I got nothing. I got nothing less. I got everything out to Jack. Jack, I want to know, I mean, again, a lot of time, but like what you're going to do going forward from here now that you have this all this extra money, but also there was a lot of stuff on social media. They were all speculating about what you do. And I did a little research. I was trying to figure it out. I've seen things from you're like some childhood genius to you own a trucking company. And you, you're uh, again, you may not want to share all of this, but you're very successful. We'll put it that way. What do you do? What did you do before <laughs> Big Brother? What are you doing now? I mean, I feel like you might have already been very successful before this. That's the that's the gist that I'm getting from my research. Yeah. Um, so I honestly just like help out with like family business. Um, so He's rich. Got it. A big part <laughs> just, of just what kidding, I do kidding. is um, I do like real estate. I was doing I was a real estate agent nice. before this. I do have like a, a trucking company as well. But in terms of like what I will do now, that's the that's the bigger question that I'm trying to figure out as well. Because what I do know is the reason I was on the show and one of the most important parts of it was the representation piece. Um, you know and being a representative of my community and amplifying thick voices. And so um, that journey doesn't end here. You know, that journey continues. So in whatever way that I can continue to use my platform uh, to amplify those voices, uh, that is the most important thing for me. Okay. I actually do have, I do have one more, just kind of thought of it. We, we found out finale night. There's a little fun thing called the reindeer games coming Mm -hmm. in and someone from your season is going Jag. Tell us it's you. Have a Winter Circle exclusive here. Let us know what's happening. What's going on, dude? I, I, I wish I could Can you say? You, I wish I could tell you, um, but it, it is not me. I don't know anything about who's going and who's not. Cause yeah, it wouldn't be you. It wouldn't be you as the winner. They, they're going to go a different route. Yeah. Sure. All, I, right, all right. That's what I'm, that's what I was You were a comp beast, so I'm thinking they were like, oh, competitions. No, I'm you're like, the dude. winner now. They got other plans for you for the next year. You're tied up. You're tied up. Yeah. You're tied up yeah. for sure. They probably, that's they what bu- I was thinking is like, they probably want somebody else who maybe their story was cut short and they want to see like, well, what does it look like on another, you mm-hmm. know, Big Brother, like Reindeer Games, all of that. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see who it is. Cool. Yeah. Tell everybody. Where they can find you, Jag, keeping up with you on socials. If you want to get your voice out there, you want to continue this, um, where can everybody find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Everything is just at the Jag Baines. I am the Jag Baines. Find me, um, follow me, and stay tuned for a lot more to come in my journey. Love it. Absolutely. Hey, make sure you DM me because you know what? The best part about winning Big Brother even more so than the $750,000. This is huge. This is big. It's life-altering. You ready for this? You get a free Winter Circle t-shirt. Let's go! (laughs) 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 That might be the best part. We're We're such idiots. Make sure sure you DM me so we can send that out to you. It's a big thing. I definitely will. Uh, I'm going to DM you edition. right now to make sure. Okay. I know. I know. Love I know that. it just changed the game for you. Go tell your parents. It's okay. <laughs> Mom, dad, I made it. Um, hey, listen, Jack, seriously, though, we appreciate you being here. You were a great representation for the season, not only because of your background, but just the way you played. Yes. You went in there. You played hard. You prepared beforehand. You started from start to finish. You were in there to win the game. 
And I, I find that entertaining. And the fact that you were willing in the end, above all else, knowing the game that you played, to still choose who you wanted to be remembered as, win or lose, I don't think people truly understand that, except if you're looking at the guy next to you who did it before you. Very few people in the world would do that. Trust me. Don't take it lightly. That's probably the highlight of your game, even more so than winning. So you represented yourself. You represented the Big Brother alumni family. And it's an honor for Cody and I to welcome you to the winner's circle. We can't wait to see more from you. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor talking to you two. Uh, I drew so so much inspiration from both of y'all and watching your season. So, you know, thank you for everything that y'all have done as well. Love that, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Be safe. All right. Love y'all.